What is going on, everybody? What is going on? What is going on, everybody? This is the Bounce Podcast, episode 93. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host L'Oreal, and we are getting getting started with a lovely day. It's sunny outside and it's nice and it's not cold. So L'Oreal, you ready? I'm ready. Hey, it's the weekend. Let's get it started. Yes, let's do it. Let's get it started because we have a lot of news that's been going on. I mean, I kind of like news, by the way, but Christian McCaffrey is heading to the San Francisco 49ers. We also have Dak Prescott, who's returning for week seven to face against the Detroit Lions. And also we got some NBA news and some baseball news as well. Obviously, you know, Major League Baseball postseason is still going on with the Yankees versus the Astros, who Yankees are in trouble. And also with the San Diego Padres versus the Philadelphia Phillies, which game four will start today. And last but not least, um, the Lakers are 0-2. And same thing for the Philadelphia 76ers. So we'll get started right away. So let's get this show on the wall. So starting with football. So we, beforehand, we were going to talk about Chris McCaffrey, you know, because pretty much he was going to be gone, you know, either this season or later on. But the news is out. The Carolina Panthers and the San Francisco 49ers made a trade, whereas the 49ers will receive Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers will receive four second round, well, four draft picks that include the 2023 second round, third round, and fourth round, and for 2024, third or fourth round draft pick, by the way. Now, with that being said, is that now the 49ers will have, you know, one of the best running backs in the game, and they have one of the best wide receivers in the game in Debo Samuel with Jimmy G as their quarterback. And with this move right here, L'Oreal, what are your thoughts as far as what did this no take it back? Not even what are your thoughts, but with this move right here that the 49ers made, does this make the 49ers the best team in the NFC? I believe so. I think that when you look at the 49ers, their defense is already solid, top two, you know, we have number one, to be honest. And when you think about Jimmy Garoppolo being there, being in the quarter, their quarterback, being to that system. And you add Christian McCaffrey now to the mix. I think this is a move that the 49ers needed to do because a lot of other teams were the Rams. We heard about the Buffalo Bills, you know, a lot of other teams. But when I think about the 49ers, I think it makes sense. It makes perfect sense because Elijah Mitchell, if he wasn't on injured reserve, he would be number one, number two running back right now, but he isn't. So that's a problem. And Debo Samuel, we love what he does as a dual type of player. But I think when you have Christian McCaffrey now as your main running back, that takes some pressure off of Samuel. So he can actually be the wide receiver. And he doesn't have to do a lot because we love Debo Samuel, but he does a lot for this team. So when you have Christian McCaffrey when healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the game. I mean, when he runs on the ground, it is significant. And I think that when you add that and everything else to the mix, the 49ers, to me, look the best. I think they could beat the Packers. They can beat the Buccaneers. There's a lot of teams that they can beat. And I think when you have CMC now as a part of your team, it just makes you even better. So when I think about where they're at right now, they're going to be more than more than good to win their division and more than good to be deep in the playoffs. And when you keep everybody healthy, that's really the key because the biggest issue with the 49ers is not because their lack of offense really or their lack of defense. I mean, they have been ranked top 10 for the past couple of years offensively and defensively, but the problem is injuries. That one season where they had to go into the playoffs, Jimmy was hurt, George Kittle was hurt. So now when you bring everybody and you add a plus one, to really amplify this team, I think the 49ers are going to be great. And I think that they're going to be the best team in the NFC because I don't really think any team right now can go against the 49ers. Well, the problem is that the NFC is just so wide open. You don't know who's going to get it. I mean, like, like seriously, I mean, you look at Green Bay, they suspect. You look at the, the Buccaneers, they suspect. The Rams are definitely suspect right now. Don't, don't get me started about the Cowboys. Really, if you think about it, the 49ers are that one team that looks very good. If anything, to me, before this trade even happened, I thought that they were going to be, they are the best team in the NFC West. I thought they were going to come out the NFC West, especially knowing the fact that Jimmy G was going to be their starting quarterback instead of Trey Lance. No no disrespect to Lance, but I just felt like Jimmy G was better equipped for this team than Trey Lance as of right now. Then when you look at everybody else, I already talked about Green Bay, Tampa Bay. 
And then you look at, you know, you could say Minnesota, although I'm not ready to put them there yet. I'm not, don't give stuff about the Cowboys. And then you have the Eagles who are the only team that's, that's undefeated and they're playing very, very well. But with the 49ers who have the playoff experience, not only playoff experience, but you have some of these guys who knows what it's like to go to the Super Bowl. I think that with all means, especially last year, they were in the NFC championship without, without CMC. So with Chris McCaffrey and he's more of a safety net, as long as he can stay healthy at the, at the running, at the running back, because his, because like I say, he's one of the best running backs in the game, but with him on this team, I see them have a, even, even a greater chance to win a Super Bowl. Now, of course, are they the favorites to win the Super Bowl? I'm not going that far, but I think that right now you can say if they're, listen, if they're not the best team, that they're one of the best, but as right now, I would kind of give them the edge over the Eagles as far as the best team in the NFC. Now, I'm not going to dismiss the Eagles as far as them having a chance, but as of right now, with the Eagles who, who who are playing perfect as of right now, as far as you know, as far as the record, and with the 49ers who has one of the best backs in the game, they have the playoff experience. They've been to the Super Bowl before. I'm going to say right now that as of right now, the 49ers deserves to be considered the best team in the NFC. Now, all these draft picks that they have, I don't think that really matters at this point because it's all about win now. When you're when you're in a win now mode, you have to do whatever it takes. And all these draft picks, look, the Panthers, they're gonna blow it up anyway. Regardless who they get rid of, they already got rid of, you know, Rob. Who who they got rid of first? Robbie Anderson, uh, Chris McCaffrey. There's the there's a chance they might get rid of D, DJ Moore. I don't know what that's gonna be. I guess that when when Baker Mayfield is your starting quarterback, you just think about blowing up for some reason. I don't know. I mean, they got rid of their coach, you know, Mac Rule. I don't know what's going to happen, but it is what it is. We'll see what happens. But I think that this definitely puts the 49ers over the hump. And and I would say that they are a top two team, if not the best team in the NFC. So moving on, let's still stick with the NFL right now. That Prescott, he is medically cleared for week seven against the Detroit Lions, and he will play. You know, uh, obviously... Cooper Rush did what he had to do last week, with well, the last six weeks, last five, six weeks, did a good job. The The Dallas Cowboys are four and two. And now we will see how it will be played out tomorrow on Sunday. Is, is that a home or away? That, that's that's at home, right? I believe that's home right now. I, but it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can check that out, L'Oreal, while you look at it. But as a right yeah, it's now. it's just a home game. Okay, it's a home game. At Dallas. Okay, at, at Dallas. Okay. Arlington, Texas. So that Prescott's going to play at home. Can the Cowboys keep it going with that Prescott? Absolutely. I think that with the Cowboys, them getting to the postseason, I don't think that's going to be an issue. When you have one of the best defenses in the game, that's pretty much their security blanket. And I think that even with a dead Prescott, you know, people can think about all they want about him. He can get this team to the postseason. He can still gel with Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and others. So that's not really the issue. The issue with the Cowboys is can you actually have an edge? Because we've seen them make it to the wild card multiple times, but they have failed to finish games. And, yeah, there might be a lot of penalties, but you got to finish the game plain and simple. I think when that Prescott comes back, this is a good chance for him because he's going against Detroit which has, you know, the worst defense in the league and allows especially the passing game to make a lot of moves. So I think Dak in this position, he can start seeing if he's fresh enough, how he's doing. He can play, make those passes, utilize the running game, and I think everything will be fine. And the biggest thing, too, that I think people are noticing is that the difference between Cooper Rush and that Prescott is that people think, people think well, if Cooper Rush was able to help this team win – at least four straight games. And then when you see that Prescott and just not, and you know, we know he's been injured many times, but in general, what he has done for the Cowboys, a lot of people kind of like put questions on whether or not he can keep this going. And I think that he can, but also I think that when you see the winning streak that the Cowboys have with Rush, it was because of how they utilize him and everything else. He was able to, like I said, he's a good game manager for a backup quarterback. He knows how to play the game, make the plays, and they have utilized the running game, I think, a lot than what we have seen before. So when I think when Dad Prescott comes back into this picture, you got to do the same thing. It can't be, oh, you have to rely so much on him because a lot of times you don't have to. Ezekiel Elliott, when he's used, he can be pretty good. So when you utilize him, you can change a lot in the game. 
obviously make sure CeeDee Lamb and everyone else get their touches and their passes. And of course, when everybody plays accordingly, then that can be become success. So with the Cowboys, that Prescott, he's going to help this team regardless. It's just that the Cowboys, they have to learn eventually how to get over the hump. Because at this point, you still have not had a playoff win in a long time. You have to be able to get that sometime eventually. I think that they can, they can't keep it going. I mean, before the season began, I had them going to the playoffs and at least being a wild card team. I think that listen, they're going against the Lions and then the Bears, and then they're having a bye. I don't think that they should be worried about going against two bad teams. I mean, come on now, come on. I mean, one is bad defensively, and then next week they're going against a bad football team. And I, you know, I understand that Chicago they're going through a lot. The Bears are going through a lot, and Justin Field, he's going through a hell of a lot of things, but they're just a bad team right now. And for the Cowboys, who has an elite defense, and their offense is okay. I'm not going to say it's great. It's okay with Dak Prescott, who is a top 15 quarterback. They should be in a situation where, yes, they should be able to win both those games with Dak Prescott. I thought that with Cooper Russ, who has played very well in the last, I would say, three out of four games or three out of five or four out of five games, I feel like that he played too clean through his time there. I think that Cooper Rush played, had really had one bad game, and that was because the Eagles, which it was, it was expected because you're going against the Eagles, who are the better team. I just thought that it was about that time that it was listen, it was time for him to go. And then you bring back your your starting quarterback, your actual franchise quarterback. This is now time for Dead Prescott to show you what he's about. Because if they look at this team last week against the eagles and said well if we would have had Dad prescott we would have you know beat the eagles then they should be able to not only compete in the nfc east but also find a way how to win the nfc east if you have Dad prescott but right now the way how they are running their running their offense when Dad prescott is there they're made for it's made for prescott to carry this team and i don't think that this team is made for for Prescott to carry this team. Dead Prescott, when the Cowboys were at their best, he was a games manager. That's what he was. And you had Ezekiel Elliott, who you did play last week. He played well last week, but I don't expect him to do that consistently. The game was relying upon the system and for Ezekiel Elliott to do what he has to do, to basically you know run that football and for Dead Prescott to make key throws. To tell Dead Prescott to carry this team and just keep on throwing the football, I don't think that's at their best interest. And that's not how they're going to win football games, especially when last week, well, not last week, but last year, they technically had the best offense in the game. But then when they went against better teams, they were a flop. They, I'll never forget this all the time. When they went against the Cardinals, they scored seven points in the first three quarters. And then all of a sudden they scored like, what, 20 points in the fourth quarter, but it didn't matter because they were going to lose the game anyway. And just like when they went against the 49ers, and then they lost that game, even though they score, what, like 10, 15 points in the fourth quarter. The Cowboys are so, are so inconsistent offensively when they go against good teams. When they go against bad teams, they're going to throw that football. They're going to get points. It doesn't even matter, regardless if their defense is elite or not. But that's how I see it right here. With Dad Prescott there, they will be good enough to be a wild card team, for sure. But do I think they're going to go far to the playoffs? No, I'm not. First of all, let's not have these expectations that they're going to go to the Super Bowl until we see them even at least get to the NFC Championship. As of right now, I think that they'll at least be a playoff team at best. So I did find some news that did come out just about 15 or 20 minutes ago. Russell Wilson would not play on Sunday against the New York Jets because uh, Broncos coach Nathaniel Hatchett did say that he wants Russell Wilson to heal from his injuries, you know, like his shoulder and his hamstring, by the way. So he would not play Sunday. And the person that will replace is Rapini, I believe. Rapini, yeah, Brett Rapini, I believe, that will be the starting quarterback for Sunday on a, on the afternoon against the New York Jets. So L'Oreal, would Russell Wilson out for at least this game in week seven? What are your thoughts about, about the Broncos' chances so far? Yeah, it is concerning because remember, this is, I believe, his right shoulder. And you saw where he got injured, where he kept pulling and tugging it. So clearly, if he injured his arm like that, it's going to really affect him because you can't have a you can't have a half full Russell Wilson inspect to make a deep run. So hopefully he won't be out for much longer. But I am concerned, and if you know if he's out for at least a couple of weeks, I think the Broncos they gotta they gotta be concerned. 
I think that looking at their chances, if it's just one week, then I think that it's not that big of a deal. But, however, I will bring this up. If Russell Wilson is out, if he's out, because I remember we spoke about this earlier this week. We spoke about if he's watching or not. But if he's hurt, he's hurt. Let's be real. If Russell Wilson is hurt, then I, I don't see how we can criticize this team or criticize him that much if he's not healthy. If he's not healthy, then what's the big deal? If he's hurt, then then why are we criticizing the guy who is playing the game hurt? I think that this is not, it's not a bad move that Russell Wilson isn't playing because he's not healthy. And I think that this is just the right move from Daniel Hatchett to make sure that, hey, look, I know you're not healthy. I know that you're not at the right mind. And the Jets are actually playing well as of right now in, in these first six games. Do we really want to put him in a situation where he might get hurt even more? So you've got to protect your quarterback. You got to make sure that he's okay. You're going to have him for the next five years. I think that this is not a bad decision for them to at least sit him out for this one game to see, okay, what do the Broncos do when Russell Wilson isn't there and they go against the Jets? So we'll just see what does happen, but I have no issue with that. But if the way how I see it, if he if he just can't stay healthy, then I'll, I'll admit this right now. I think they should just shut him down because it's just one year. We'll just see what happens next season. But if he's hurt, sh- just shut him down. All right, so we're going to move on to some basketball news right now. So um, <laughs> the Lakers, oh, my goodness. You know, I, I got to bring this up, but I don't know why every single time people feel like they have the nerve to always bring up the Lakers. I'm, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so look, it's already the beginning of the season, and we're not going to over get overexcited what's happening. I mean, Teams has, has at least played at least one or two games right now. So it, the, the season just got started. But the Lakers, they lost to the Golden State Warriors and the Clippers in the first two games. But one thing that showed me in the first two games was there was two things. One, they can't shoot. And two, Russell Westbrook is, is remaining as this, as this blame person, as the reason why the Lakers are losing. L'Oreal, is Russell Westbrook the reason why the Lakers are struggling? The main reason why they're struggling? No, he's not. Um, But I would say, to be quite frank, especially in that Clippers game, 0 for 11, that's unacceptable. Yeah. That is completely (laughs) unacceptable. And that is all we're talking about. Like, that's the thing. I'm not going to ride on Westbrook like that, but I kind of understand where people is kind of like, looking at him, like not taking accountability, like after the press conference and they asked him about why he performed so poor, he was just like, well, I'm solid. You're not solid Westbrook. Stop being in denial. Well, you know, you play terrible. And that's the, that's, that's the main thing with Westbrook. Take accountability where you really need to. You play terrible. It's okay. But for you to be like, I'm solid and just deny that you're playing terrible yeah, people are going to talk about you because, number one, you're denying that you're playing terrible. And number two, to play on this team and to be and to be a part of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and et cetera, you got to do better than that. that. That's all we're asking is just clean up your attitude. But I get the whole thing about people, you know, saying, oh, Russell Westbrook. No, he's not the main reason. But if you look at that past game, yeah, if you're old from 11, I'm going to talk about you. I mean, even though people, even though a lot of the Lakers did not play relatively well, I mean, they still gave effort. LeBron James, he gave you effort. Anthony Davis gave you effort. Patrick Beverly, he didn't shoot that well, but defensively, he gave you some effort. So just in these past couple of games, Russell Westbrook has been terrible. Let's call a spade a spade. Offensively, he's been terrible. Offensively, he has been terrible. Here's what I was saying. Let's talk about the backcourt real quick. Russell, it's not just Russell Westbrook, but Patrick Beverly, Lonnie Walker, and Kendrick Nunn. They're so terrible shooting the ball. I mean, if what what was it the case? I mean, they were they were like I, I I believe the first game they were like what ten for thirty two from the three point line or ten for thirty five or 30, I I don't know what it was, but they averaged about forty three point attempts. This is the mm-hmm. Lakers we're talking about here, and there's and they are the one of the worst three point shooting teams in the NBA. Why are you taking so many threes if you're so bad at shooting? At taking, th- why you? Why? 
You're so bad at making threes. Why are you still taking them? Even LeBron J said, we are not a great shooting team, but you're still taking them. That is the problem that I'm seeing for the Lakers. So they have way bigger issues than Russell Westbrook. Of course, Russell Westbrook is part of the reason, but he ain't the main reason. Yeah, of course. <laughs> when I saw that he was 0 for 11, I was just like, well, he ain't the only person you know in the backcourt that's playing this terrible. The problem with this Lakers team, I, I got to say this. What... Do you see a difference with this Lakers team like this season compared to last year? Because the only difference I see is that last year they were older. This year they're younger. Uh, they have a new coach. You know, that's about it. Yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, people say, "Oh, they work hard and they 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 play better defense." I think the only reason why they played hard against the Clippers because it's the Clippers. It's the Los Angeles Clippers. And they can't shoot. I mean, right. you have no choice. Right, and 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 if you look at that game against the Clippers. They were turning the ball over a lot. That that was the reason why it, it wasn't so much about oh the Lakers was just this great defensive team. The Clippers just wasn't take care of the ball. If the Clippers take care of the ball, this game would have been totally different. Especially Kawhi Leonard and John Wall were coming off the bench. By the way, this Lakers team, just like last year, is not a good three point shooting team. This Lakers team this year, like they were last year, Russell West Russell Westbrook cannot fit with this team. He never did. When this trade happened, I was one of the first people that said this trade was not going to work. And I said they were not even going to get to the conference finals. And like last year, they didn't even make it to the plan. That's how bad that was. Now, this year, like they should be at least a playing team, at least best case scenario, they will be in the playoffs getting a bounce of the first round. Other than that, that's pretty much it. Now, this Lakers team, once again, can't shoot. Russell Westbrook being a bad fit. And here's the main, here are the main two things again. It's not even about Darvin Ham. Take Darvin Ham out of the situation. The problem that I have with this Lakers team too is that everybody's looking at LeBron James and saying, oh, well, he can give you 25, 10 and 10 or all this other stuff. I don't care about the numbers. LeBron James is not making the same impact that he did a couple years ago. What he did in Cleveland, what he did in Miami. This is not the same LeBron James. People can talk about how LeBron James is doing his part, but his impact is not the same. Remember when Kobe, where he would do the exact same thing that he would do when, when he was past his prime. The problem is that he wasn't making the same impact. Yeah, there will be times that he would score 25 or he would score 30 and carry the Lakers. But at that time, it did not matter because his impact was not the same like it was in his prime. LeBron James is in that same scenario. I don't care if LeBron James averaged 35, 10, and 10. His impact is not the same right now as it was beforehand. If LeBron James, the LeBron James that we saw in Cleveland in 2018, he will make sure that this team was a winning ball club. He will make sure this team was at least a top four team in the West. Um, Miami LeBron will make sure that, that this team was a top four team in the West. This LeBron James right now, what it, this at best case scenario is a playing team. Playing team that will get to the first round. Because everybody wants to say, well, we see uh, the same LeBron James that we did in Cleveland, Miami. No, we don't. This is not the same LeBron James. No, 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 no way, no how. If anything, when you think of Russ, LeBron, and AD, this team should at least be in the playoffs. The fact that they didn't make it to the play-in shows you the the forget about the health reasons because everybody was everybody was hurt. Everybody was hurt. Okay, so I want to hear that scenario. But Le this LeBron James that we are talking about, that we talked about in the past, is not that LeBron James anymore. He doesn't make the same impact that he did a couple years ago. And that's just reality. Anthony Davis, don't, first of all, I have nothing to say about Anthony Davis. I've said all what I said about Anthony Davis because we have spoke about his health all the time. But I think we just got to keep it real right here. Anthony Davis could put up 25 and 10 and make no impact. And we can look at that and say that, well, it's just because he's a Laker. I would say the exact same thing when he was in New Orleans. Anthony Davis, when he was in New Orleans, he was a solid player. I don't think that he was a great player. Anthony Davis, take out the health situation. He wasn't a guy who you would say he can carry a team to the playoffs or he can lead a team. If you put him in a great situation, then you could see him do what he has to do. But it's not because they are great because of him. No, it's just that he's in a, he's in a better situation and it's the system around him. When they made it to the playoffs in 2015 or even in 2018, in 2015, you look at you had Drew Holiday, Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, Omer Oshik, and you had other players as well, even Tyreek Evans. And then in 2018, Demarcus Cousins, even though he got hurt, Ron Jarrano, Drew Holiday, you had Nicola Meritrich, and others. 
that really help out that team that really make sure they took it like took the next step right i'm not saying that anthony davis is not a good player because even when in in new orleans he was solid but the thing about anthony davis what everybody wants to compare him to Giannis, that's just not him anthony davis is not this guy who can carry a a bad team and just make sure that they can get to the playoff easily that's not him he's questionable because his impact is not what it is he's just okay Unless LeBron James is about to, well, he's going to break Kareem's, you know, all-time scoring record. Until LeBron James breaks Kareem's all-time scoring record or the Lakers are at least decent, I don't have a reason to talk about the Lakers at all. Seriously, I, I really don't have a reason to talk about the Lakers because, because they're going to be bad, you know, for a good chunk of the season. And I just want to move on. So next one, maybe we can talk about the Clippers or something like that or the, or the Boston Celtics, you know, teams who... Are the teams in the West. Yes, exactly. exactly. Hey, let's yeah. talk about Memphis. Somebody yes. else. Man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'd rather talk about Portland than the Lakers. For real. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. All right. <laughs> Seriously. No, no cap. All right. Let's still stick with the NBA right now. We're going to go talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, who also has started the season 0-2 against the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. They lost to now. I just want to say this, right? I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to get overexcited because they lost the first two games, right? Like I said, it's the beginning of the season, you know, who cares? But I got to say this. I don't know why people are so high on the 76ers. There are people who believe they're going to come out the East or going to win the championship. I mean, look, look, according to Vegas, they're not a top, they're not like one of the five favorites to come out, come out. Not only, I just didn't come out the East. They're not one of the five favorites to win the title, I should say. But there are people who believe that this team is a top five team in the lead or they should come out the East. I don't know why people are so high on them. And the reason why I'm not high on them, even though they added PJ Tucker, Daniel House, uh, the Anthony Melton. Who else did they add? I, 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 I'm leaving a blank right now. Oh, yeah. Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Montrez Harrell. He's also there as well. And obviously, James Harden in these first two games, he's looking like the old James Harden right now. I don't see how this thing is going to work come playoff time. The reason why I don't believe in this team, even though Tobias Harris is is a good three third option, I just think that once again they're going to have trouble closing games. They're not a good closing team. Every single time you're wondering who the closer is, and we all just, we we all know what it's like during playoff time with James Harden, Joel Embiid. James Harden doesn't show up in the playoffs and Joel Embiid cannot stay healthy when they make a deep run. And only that Doc Rivers, you know, we talk about a lot of coaches that have, they had a lot of talent, but Doc Rivers only has one title. Now he's good to have one title, but this man has underachieved a lot. If anything, L'Oreal, like if they don't at least get to the conference finals, this season is a failure. And as of right now, the way how I see it, I just think that the 76ers are a bunch of pretenders, not contenders. The 76ers, there's a lot of question marks. And if anything, at best to me, they always been a semifinals team. They can make it to the semifinals, but the conference finals, I don't know. I pump the brakes. And there's a lot of questions. Joel Embiid, great talented player, but he just cannot stay healthy. I mean, I just could not imagine being in the postseason and I have to worry about him being unhealthy and then he has to play through his injuries. Remember, he had to wear the mask because he had a facial injury. Just that's a lot, especially for a team who is trying to get over the hump. James Harden, we see promise with him. But again, in the playoffs, where is he? Where's this facilitator, this shooting guy? I'm not asking for the old James Harden, but if you, because people try to make it seem like he really sacrificed a lot of money. This man is still making about $60 million. He didn't sacrifice a lot of money. But the fact that he want to stay, remember we talked about this. I said the fact that he wants to stay tells me that he's committed to being a part of this team. So I need you to show that to me, James Harden, especially come playoff time. And Tobias Harris, he's a good third option. I love Tyrese Maxey, especially as a young guy. Right, Tyrese but the thing is, with this team, is that there's so many question marks. There's just really no period, and there's no direction. The Bucks, they have direction. The Boston Celtics, they have direction. 
And what did we notice really from these past two games? The Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, they crushed Philadelphia defensively. They crushed them. I mean, there was a lot of times where you would think that defensively Joel and B will have the advantage, but then you see Jason Tatum and Giannis and even others just crush them. So when I think of Philly is that unless they address these question marks, they will always be, I mean, they'll be a top five team at best. I don't see them being no six, seven, or eight. But when it comes to what really matters, getting over the hump, getting to a conference finals like a Milwaukee, like a Boston, or getting to the finals, they're not that team at all. And I don't even know when they'll be that team because there's just so many question marks. Best case scenario, you just a second round exit. That's all you are. Best case scenario, you you number two in the second round. That's all it is. That, that, that's fine. But that's who you are, okay? <laughs> that's just who you are. And speaking of teams like the Boston Celtics, who everybody was saying how they're going to miss Emmanuel Doka and they're going to you know, take a back seat. I just want to say this right now. Be careful what you wish for because the Celtics right now are looking nice. They're looking really, really nice. Beating the 76ers, beating the Miami Heat. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are coming back for vengeance. And I like the, the Malcolm Brogdon picked as well. I love it, love it a lot. But but to me, the Celtics and the Bucks will, will remain as the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. All right, so let's go ahead and get down to some baseball news. So, in the playoffs, we have the American League Championship Series between the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros. And for the National League Championship Series, Philadelphia Phillies versus the San Diego Padres. Right now, the Astros are up 2-0 and the Phillies are up 2-1 in the series. So I just want to say this right now. <laughs> uh, looking at the situation, obviously, you know, the Yankees and the Astros are going to play game three while the Phillies and the Padres play game four, which team who is who is trailing as of right now between the Yankees and the Padres, which one do you believe is in trouble? I think that the Yankees are in trouble. I mean, they was already struggling against the Guardians. And, you know, you would think that that would be something that they could easily get over, but it wasn't at one point. So, yeah, coming into this series for the Yankees against the Astros, there was some concern because the Astros are more experienced. The Astros or not as inconsistent as the Yankees. I think that's what the Yankees have as their weakness, inconsistency. I mean, when Aaron Judge, of course, we're not expecting you know, to you know do 20 home runs. You did that already. But you cannot get striked out and striking out as you have, and you have to play consistent. And it's not even just him. I think between the offense and even the pitching, there are some times where the Yankees are just inconsistent. And I think when you go against a team like the Astros that has more experience, they're well-coached, the players are more well-rounded, I think the Yankees, they have to make sure they keep on the Astros' toes because they can slip up and the Astros can just blow. I'm surprised they haven't blown. Well, they're about to blow them away at this point. So the Yankees, in order for them to stay within the Astros, they have to work on their consistency. I think with the Padres and the Phillies, it just depends on which team is better because the Padres, like I said, we already praised about the pitching. Um, we, we know about Juan Soto and Machado. And then with Philly, you have Bryce Harper playing as well as he does. So I think with that series, the reason why I'm not concerned about the Padres is that they can hold their own. I'm still surprised still that they managed to make it to this point without Tatis Jr. So when you think about them going against the Phillies, all they had to do was just play as strong as they did. Because what was the biggest thing between them going against the Dodgers? They shut them out. They shut those players out when it came to pitching. They shut them out when it came to scoring. So against Philly, as long as they stick to that, I don't see, I would not be surprised if they go to the World Series. But with the Yankees, they just have too many inconsistencies where you can't have that against a very experienced team like the Astros. But yeah, without question, it's the Yankees. And the reason why is because I think the Padres, even though they're trailing the series, they still have time to bounce back. They have time to win at least game four or game five in Philadelphia and then go back to San Diego for game six and game seven. When you look at the Yankees, the Yankees, look, we don't know if they're going to go back to New York for game six, game seven. Well, actually, I'll take it back. They're, they're, they're at home, so they they have to go back to Houston. But the problem with the Yankees is that, let's let's just be honest, no matter if they win their division, the American League East, 
or they win a hundred games. Well, I mean, which it does not matter now whatsoever. Even if they get to the to the American League Championship Series, they will always be a number two team. They can't beat the Houston Astros, whether the Astros are cheating or not. They can't beat the Astros. It doesn't matter if Joe George Springer is gone, Garrett Cole is gone, Carlos Correa is gone. It does not matter. Carlos Beltran is gone. The Astros always have the Yankees number. 2015, they had the Yankees number. 2017, they had the Yankees number. 2019, they had the Yankees number. So what do you think is going to happen in 2022? The Yankees, for some reason, there's always something missing about this team. For some reason, we all know how great of a hitting lineup they have. They have a great hitting ball club. But the problem is that come playoff time, they are inconsistent. They were already in trouble when they were going against the Guardians. So what do you think is going to happen when they go against the Astros? The Astros have better pitching. The Astros have better clutch hitting. And we can debate about who has the better manager, although to me, I think Dusty Baker is the better manager. But the Astros finds the way how to get the job done, especially this is a team that has been to the World Series. The Astros has, from 2017 to now, they have been to the American League Championship Series. That's six straight American League Championship Series appearances. When you look at the Yankees, Yes, they've been there in 2017. Yes, they've been there in 2019. And now they've been in 2022. But they have not found a way to beat the Astros. And because of that, they look, they can win game three. They might even find a way how to win game four. I don't care if they're even up 3-2 in the series. They are not being the Houston Astros when they go back to Houston. If they go back to Houston, they're losing. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. And I think that that's something to admit. And the fact that they're still doing this, even though they don't even have Carlos Correa. I'm talking about the Astros, by the way. The fact that the Astros don't even have Carlos Correa, it shows me a lot of how good this Astros team is. And I'm sure Carlos Correa is looking at that team right now saying, man, I'm I'm with the Twins. And, you know, I'm a wild. Technically, he's going to be a free agent, so it doesn't matter. But it definitely doesn't look good, the fact that <laughs> he's on the outside looking in when you think about it. <laughs> but still, like I said, I think the Yankees are are more so in trouble than the Padres are. But the way how I see it, the, the Yankees got to take one game at a time. If they can win game three, then we'll see what happens in game four. But if they lose in a bad way, there's going to be more talking about if, if Aaron Judge is going to stay in New York. But only time will tell. Now, moving back to the NBA. So I want to get started with these two young teams that, I mean, regardless of what happens this season, obviously they have a bright future, right? So I want to talk about OKC Thunder and the Utah Jazz. Now, obviously, they have two nice GMs or obviously good president of basketball operations with Danny Ainge and Sam Presky. L'Oreal, which team do you believe has a brighter future, Jazz or Thunder? I'm going with OKC, and I think for quite a minute, OKC has shown some bright promise. Sam Presky, he definitely has been the matchmaker when it came to these draft picks. And, yeah, it, it does seem a lot to have as many draft picks as he had, especially all the way to about 2027, I believe. But he has really done a good job with trying to build a team like he know to do. Think about how he was able to get Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. He's trying to do sort of the same thing. And when I think about OKC and the Jazz, I like OKC's talent. I mean, Shy Gillies Alexander, we've seen what he has done when he was a part of the Clippers. And then ever since he's been a part of OKC, his number has gone up. He has been one of those good number one, number two guys. I really like Josh Giddy. I think Josh Giddy, he has a lot of good speed and he has some toughness. In the summer league, we saw, especially when Shed Holgram, their latest draft pick, was able to play. We saw how he was able to find the open man, just play more faster. And I think that that will help, especially with the pace of the NBA and with this young team. And I don't know if they could do it, but there's been a lot of rumors going on that they might be looking at this new prospect from France and Victor um, Wanabana. He is one of those hottest prospects where, I mean, when you see the guy, he looks like a mixture of KD, Giannis, Kareem, just everything. And when you think about the fact that they got Shed Holgram, who was very tall, can defend, and can shoot, but unfortunately he's injured, it's going to be interesting to see if Sam Pretzky, how do he play his cards right? Now, when I look at Utah, I just think that when you lose Donovan Mitchell and you lose Rudy Gobert, I don't really know how this team can get better because, yes, they have been able to pick up some guys from other teams from what I've seen. When I look at OKC, I just think the talent right there is just there, and I think that it's going to get bigger and better. And I really trust Sam Presti. 
I think that Danny Ainge, he is good as far as getting guys. We saw how much faith he had in getting Jalen Brown, in getting Jason Tatum. And obviously you see how Boston is looking right now with Brad Stevens holding that down. But just looking at OKC and seeing what magic Sam has done and what he's doing right now, I think OKC will have a much brighter future. I hear you. I totally understand that. But I'm going to go with Utah. Obviously, we understand that. I mean, obviously, the young talent that OKC had, I cannot, you know, I can't doubt you on that one bit. But I think that Colin Sexton, Lori, uh, even TST, you know, we haven't even talked about, you know, Taylor Horn Tucker as a well. Where is Taylor Horn Tucker? I, that man has not been talked about as of late. But obviously, you still have Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley, which I believe Clarkson and Mike Conley will be gone. Eat like by the trade deadline or at least by the end of the season. But anyway, I think that Utah, they, for some reason, I think that Utah with Danny Ainge, he's going to find a way how to make this team respectable and make them a title contender when it's all, when it's all said and done. And with Danny Ainge, we at least have a track record, track record for him to at least bring a title to a franchise, even though he has underachieved. With Sam Presky, the, the problem that I have with Sam Presky is that you're right. When he was with OKC, well, obviously take it back when he was Seattle Supersonics, then it turned to OKC. He was able to get Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, even Reggie Jackson. That didn't end up winning any titles. They they only went to the finals one time. They went to the conference finals four times. But like I said, no title included. They had, I would say OKC is like one of the greatest franchise that never won a championship. Or take the back. I believe they are one of the most underachieving franchises of all time because they have all this talent but can't win a title. And so when everyone brings about OKC having all these picks, I don't care because they because I haven't seen a history of Sam Presky able to win a title. At least with Danny Ainge, he has at least won one title. One title. Yes, he has underachieved, but he has won one title. He has a track record. I can't say the same thing for Sam Presky. And even though with Utah right now, we can't like, look, you look at the, look at it right now. You say, Hmm, if I have the debate between who has the better young talent, I will obviously say, OKC. I think that Utah can find a way how to turn things around because just like OKC, they have a good, how how to put, they have a good drafting system or something like that. I'm trying, I'm trying to think the right word that comes to my mind, drafting system, or they have a good, they have, they have a good organization that can really no, they have a good development program, I should say. And whatever Utah does, I think that this will put them right back to being respectable. Is it going to go back to the days when they had Carmelo and John Stockton? I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to go right there. I mean, if they could get that Victor dude from France, I mean, that would definitely say something, even though I would like to say until your Spurs to go get him. But but that's just being, you know, shoot, uh, that would be okay. But I think when you look at Utah, if I have more faith, because obviously it's Utah and OKC, you know, just – just obviously we know ge- geographically where they're at, but I think that de- I have more faith in Danny Ainge putting Utah in the right step than Sam Presky. Now it's not, that's not saying that I have to see it to believe it when it comes to Sa- Sam Presky with which when it comes to Danny Ainge, I've seen it before. So week seven of the NFL season, we already had, you know, Thursday night football with the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals, which don't get me started about the Saints, because that was just something. I mean, well, at least the Cardinals won. I mean, hey, Carl Murray did we have to do. But let's get started with the rest of the games. Do you have or, to? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Let's get started with we Oh, yeah, De- De- DeAndre Hopkins also came back as well. Yeah, shout, yes, shout, out, to, yeah, shout out to DeAndre Hopkins, though. You know, but, you know, we'll see how, how it goes for the rest of the season. But let's get started for our predictions of Week 7 NFL, rest of the games. You know what the deal is. Let's get started. Falcons versus Bengals. Bengals. Hmm. hmm. That's a interesting one. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll go with the Bengals there, that one. All right, here we go. Next one, Lions versus Cowboys. Cowboys. You know, because the Lions are so bad defensively, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Cowboys on this one. The Lions are just bad defensively, so I'm gonna yeah I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys. Post versus Titans. Hmm. I'm going with Tennessee at home. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to go with Tennessee. Derrick Henry for the win. Packers versus Commanders. Packers. Well, it should be the Packers. I mean, they lose to the Commanders. (laughs) Packers, yeah. Buccaneers versus Panthers. Buccaneers. Buccaneers. I mean, it's the Panthers are, whew. 
gotta go. <laughs> it's rebuild. It's a rebuilding season for the Panthers. Giants versus Jaguars. Giants. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say the Giants in this one too. Yep, Giants. Browns versus the Ravens. Baltimore. I'm gonna go with Baltimore. I think the Browns have a shot. But I'm definitely going to go with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Even though the Ravens doesn't have their starting uh, J.K. Dawkins, Dawkins, but I'm going to go with the Ravens. Jets versus the Broncos. The Jets. I got the Jets on this one as well. Jets for the win. Texans versus Raiders. Las Vegas. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. They, 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 they only won one game. And the, and the Texans have only won one game as well. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, it, it it's gonna be it's it's gonna be on their hometown, so it's gonna be at home. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Raiders on this one. Seahawks versus Chargers. Chargers. You know what? I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking real hard. I'm gonna I'm going with an upset. Seahawks mm-hmm. over the Chargers. Get at me. Okay. Chiefs versus 49ers. I'm going with, I guess you might think an upset, 49ers at home. That's an upset? Is I that mean, really... most people will pick the Chiefs. I mean, I, that's why That's why I was like. It's close. It's very close. It's a close game. Close game. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Steelers versus Dolphins. I'm going with Miami. Hmm. Uh, Tua is playing, right? I yes. think he is playing. I think he is playing. I believe right? he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's. I think. Yeah. Well, first to say he was questionable, but he is playing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go with the Dolphins on this one. Dolphins. And last but not least, Monday Night Football. Good, good God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. These Thursday night and Monday night games. Lord. I swear. Oh man. Shoot. I. I. Shoot. Did you, listen. I didn't even watch the Saints versus the Cardinals. That's how bad it was. Okay. No, I didn't either. Okay. Here we go. All right. Last but not least, Monday night football. Bears versus the Patriots. The Patriots. I'm going with the Patriots too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going with the Patriots. And Sorry, everybody. Justin, but Chicago, I don't know what's going on. Lord yeah. have mercy. And the funny thing about it, is, <laughs> and the crazy thing about it is that Matt Jones hasn't played, what, the last three to four games? Yes. And they're three and three. Like, that's how crazy the AFC The Zap kid, he's been playing well. And right. the defense. It's Shout crazy. out to New England. They've been holding it down. Yeah, I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed the fact that of what we're seeing. But like I said, I'm just... I got other things to do on Monday night. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> so if I don't watch it, then you know, all right. But but I might watch it. You never know. All right. So last but not least, I do want to bring this up before we leave. I want to bring this up because I did want to talk about this a couple weeks ago, but we didn't. We weren't able to put this on. So as of late, as you have seen, it's week seven, but the NFL has you know made an agreement with Amazon with Amazon Prime that they're going to have NFL games on Thursday night on Amazon Prime Video. Now, L'Oreal, we spoke about, this, spoke about this beforehand. I believe every Thursday night football, except for Thanksgiving, it will be on Amazon Prime. They're, they're going to wave. And this is nothing new. We have, you know, hockey's doing this, baseball's doing this, where they're having games, broadcasts on stream services. L'Oreal, what do you think about this? Are you okay with games being on stream services like Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Apple TV? I don't have no problem with it because when you think about it from a general perspective, TV has changed, especially the way that we view sports. A lot of people don't view sports really on original cable. I mean, think of like NBA. Most people have NBA lead pass, NFL, NFL red zone. So when you think about trying to transition into different ways that people can watch your favorite sports, I think Amazon Prime as of now is doing a good job. Of course, I don't know. I want to know the committee of who picked these games because some of these games yeah, these are questionable. Trash for as sure. hell. Last two, yeah, three definitely weeks. Trash. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I I get you and I understand. Like I like I said, with NHL, they have Hulu. With uh with Major League Baseball, they have sometimes they have Peacock, they even have Apple TV. Apple TV is very popular on Friday nights, you know, obviously in the regular season. I ain't gonna, I'm not too big on games being on streaming services, although this doesn't really impact me a lot because myself, I have Amazon Prime, Hulu, Apple TV, 
I mean, I, I mean, they 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 don't relate to sports, but Netflix and HBO Max. So it doesn't really impact me because I'm not really paying for it. And Apple TV is on my laptop, so I'm good. But I I don't know. I don't look I don't look at this and say, you know what? I want sport. I want games on my streaming services. No, I I I like to have it on on original cable. I love cable television. And you know, when it comes to cable television with anything, what's the one thing that it would never go away? Sports and news. Because why? It's live. People want to watch it when it actually happens. Obviously, when it comes to TV shows and movies, you can watch them on streaming services. You can record them. But when it comes to sports or the news, local or national news, what do you want to do? You want to watch them right away. So I don't believe that cable TV will ever go away. And it definitely won't go away because obviously what you want to, how you want to watch a game? Do you want to watch it on television or do you watch it? Do you want to watch it on your phone? I want to watch it on television. I want to watch the big screen. So I don't think that, I don't think that cable TV will ever go away. It's not like newspapers or, or yeah, it's not like newspapers where it's, it's, it's kind of running out of business. But when it comes to these stream services, I understand what they're trying to do. I would rather have all the games be on cable TV instead of streaming services. But I understand it's the business because because the NFL is going to make billions of dollars because they made this agreement with Amazon Prime and Jeff Bezos. You know, he, you know, yeah. he loves it. So, <laughs> so, you know, how you know, he has no issue with that. All right, folks, that's it for the Bounce Podcast, episode 93. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Sippacast, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and on YouTube, folks. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, and download us, folks. I want you to share this to your family members, to your friends, to your associates. We are here every week, and we're going to make sure that we get you as much sports news as soon as possible. And one more thing before we go, Brittany Griner, it was her birthday. I want to say it was on Tuesday. I just want to say this. Happy birthday. And last but not least, free Brittany Griner. Free Brittany Griner. Happy Absolutely. birthday. Absolutely. And also shout out to a lot of players. Wearing that customized Brittany Grind sweatshirt. I love it. Yes. I love it. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Bounce Podcast, episode 93. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host, L'Oreal. Peace.